0: This recording has been produced by Christchurch Jerusalem. For more information, visit us at cmj-israel.org.
1: Okay, brothers and sisters, ready to study some Bible? Ready to learn some new deep truths of the Almighty? I hope to do so. Alright, let's begin. Uh, in a word of prayer to honor the Lord and his presence amongst us and the fact that we've opened up his word uh, Who would be able to pray for us? Oh, Excellent. Excellent
2: Lord, we ask for grace. We stand in need of your help. We Treasure your presence. We ask for both Lord. We pray that you open our ears The ears of our minds our hearts and our spirits and cause us to understand wonders out of Your uh, the scriptures Thank you, Lord, for the faithful prophets and scribes uh, of old who have handed it down to us and all those who helped along the way. And we ask now that you again add your faithful divine help and presence among us now. Bless especially Aaron, and anointed, Lord, in leading uh, this particular service, Lord, on behalf of Christ. We pray in Jesus' name.
1: In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, so we continue to wrestle with um, the. Uh, sacred history of the actions of the Holy Spirit. We're up to chapter 24, which means, brothers and sisters, we have nearly actually got to the end. Oof. My goodness. Um, so we will first... Sorry? Uh, how does it end? Sorry? How does it end? It ends with a sequel. <laughs>
3: okay.
1: so, um, we do not have. We have So, we will read... Um, Uh, The the notes from last week, from our our last discussion on Acts 23, and that included uh, Paul's um, appearance before the Sanhedrin and his journey to Caesarea as he awaits uh, his trial. So, uh, Paul's Roman citizenship begins to have an effect on his future now that the Roman constabulary are involved. Remember, he has been um, rescued slash seized uh, slashed, imprisoned uh, all of the above by the Romans uh, and he has claimed uh, Ro- Roman citizenship. How Paul actually came by his citizenship is not known. Perhaps through his grandparents or parents? Contrasted to the officer Claudius Slicius who obtained his citizenship through bribery and payment and taking the name of the Caesar who granted the citizenship. What is known here is that family heritage can be beneficial and or God-ordained and blessed. So we all have uh, an interesting family history. We all have a lineage or we all come from uh, uh, something that happened to our parents or grandparents and God can use that to further his aims. And in this case, he used the fact that uh, somehow Paul ended up with Roman citizenship so he could make the claim and get his appeal, which is going to eventually lead him to Rome, which is where Jesus wanted him. Claudius Lysias, this is this uh, Roman officer, does not understand the charges against Paul, and he so convenes the Sanhedrin. Now, this is not a trial. Rather, this is an information-gathering device. Paul begins by addressing the Sanhedrin as brothers, uh, which is a little unusual. And this is actually taken as insulting, with Ananias, the high priest, instructing Paul to be struck on the mouth. Biblically, we usually find that it is angels who strike humans on the mouth or put coals on their lips or do such things. Paul uh, ensues a rebuke using the biblical motif of Ezekiel's whitewashed walls and then apologizes once he realizes he has just insulted the high priest. We are instructed in Exodus 22 not to uh, insult authority, even corrupt ones. That responsibility seems to be reserved for the role of the prophet, who, as we read in the Bible, they do a pretty good job of that. At this point in the proceedings, Paul knows he will not receive a fair hearing and changes tactics for confusion and exploitation. This is a different approach to Stephen in Acts 6, who went on the offense against the temple leadership, ending in his martyrdom. Paul announces his hope in the resurrection, bringing the Pharisees present uh, to his defense. Note, this does not mean agreement with all of Paul's theology about the Messiah, just that particular bit. So it's quite clever. Following the uproar in the Sanhedrin, Paul is confined to quarters and is visited by the Lord himself in the night. The Holy Spirit remains absent from the narrative, but he has not appeared for a while. Instead, Jesus himself, not an angel, or a dream, although we have had both happen to Paul in the past. So Jesus himself encourages Paul and reveals Paul will testify about the Messiah in Rome. Jesus does not tell Paul how long it's going to take to get to Rome, nor the path taken to actually get there, nor the shipwrecks, nor the snake bites, the beatings, and the other near-death experiences to actually come along the way to Rome. (laughs) Just, you're going to get to Rome. (laughs) Note, this is an interesting point. We may ourselves have hints, dreams, visions, words of knowledge regarding the future. However, rarely is it detailed and all the timing of the future laid out for us. However, it is most definitely very encouraging to hear from the Lord. Is it not? Yes. A plot to murder Paul is hatched. Paradoxically and ironically, oaths are sworn in God's name to break God's commandments against murder. No one seems to object to this very idiosyncrasy. Somehow, this plot is uncovered by Paul's family nonetheless. We are introduced to the fact that Paul has family, a sister and a nephew residing in Jerusalem. They remain unnamed. With Paul, the Roman citizen, life on the line, Claudius moves him to Caesarea for judgment under Felix. A rather large escort force is required with both cavalry and armed infantry. (coughs) Paul arrives and is held awaiting his accusers to stand before Felix, the Roman governor of Judea. Okay. So out of that incident, I think the, uh, the, the big one for us was that Jesus showed up. Um, out of all of that, the Lord himself took the time to go and explain to something to Paul when it could easily have been an angel or a dream, which was uh, very exciting. So let's get on to Acts 24, and see how Paul does uh, in Caesarea, and see if the Holy Spirit will work amongst our hero. Alright, so I'll begin, verse 1, and we'll keep going around the table. And a big loud voice for the recordings, if you can. Five days later, the high priest, Ananias, went down to Caesarea with some of the elders and a lawyer named Tertullus. And they brought their charges against Paul before the governor.
4: And when he had been summoned, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying, "Since through you we enjoy much peace, and since by your foresight, most excellent Felix, reforms are being made for this nation,
3: in every way and everywhere, we accept this
0: with all gratitude." Okay. Now, understanding that I be not further and, and to thee, I pray thee that thou well this is very King James stuff who <laughs> <laughs> so, just hear us by clemency a few words. Sorry, I need to find another mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> easier yeah, too much off. Good, good.
1: I think after all that Felix would have let him off, wouldn't you think? <laughs>
3: We have found this man to be a troublemaker, stirring up riots among
0: the Jews all over the world. He's a ringleader of the Nazarene sect.
1: He even tried to profane the temple,
3: but we seized him. By examining him yourself, you will be able to find out from him about everything of which we accuse him. The
5: other Jews joined in the accusation, asserting that these things were true. Then Paul, after the governor, then Paul, after that the
4: governor had beckoned unto him to speak, answered, For as much as I know that thou hast been of many years a judge unto this nation, I do the, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself. Because you may ascertain that it
2: is no more than twelve days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship.
4: My accusers did not find me arguing with anyone at the temple or stirring up a crowd in the synagogues or anywhere else in the city.
1: And they cannot prove to you the charges they are now making against me.
4: But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in
3: the prophets. Having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. Because
0: of this, I also exercise myself to always have a conscience without offense toward God and name.
3: After an absence of several years, I came to Jerusalem to bring my people gifts for the poor and to present offerings. As I was doing this, they found me purified in the temple without any crowd or tumult. But some Jews from Asia, they ought to be here before you and to make an accusation. Should they have anything against me? Or these who are
5: here should state what crime they found in me when I stood before the Sanhedrin. Except it be for this one voice that I cried standing among
4: them, touching the resurrection of the dead, I am called in question by you this day. But when Felix he heard these things, having more accurate knowledge
2: of the way, he adjourned the proceedings and said, When Lysias the commander comes up. I will make a decision on your case.
1: He ordered the centurion to keep Paul under guard, but to give him some freedom and permit his friends to take care of his needs.
4: After some days, Felix came with his wife Priscilla, who was Jewish, And he sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus.
3: And as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment, Felix was alarmed and
0: said, Go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. Hoping at the same time also that money would be given to him by Paul. Therefore he also sent for him more frequently and conversed with him. When two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Vescaus. But because Felix had a fever
1: to the Jews, he left Paul in prison. Alright. Okay, so. On our surface reading, anything there that jumps out at you, that you've noticed for the very first time, or you notice every time you read it,
2: Members?
1: Some of them. Yeah, depending on the manuscript.
3: only read a handful. I never get um, surprised by the sleazy flattery of Tertulus. Yeah. We, we have a term for that. It
1: involves their nose of a certain colour. Yes. Yeah. I always find it interesting. Paul's there for two years. I mean, it's just like a one line. Oh, and he's in there for two years. Wow. You know, he he spent several years going around Asia, doing all kinds of wonderful things, planting churches. But all of a sudden, he's trapped for two years. And yet, what had Jesus told him the 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 chapter previously? You will be my witness in Rome. What would he be thinking for two years?
0: (laughs) Not too afraid.
1: <laughs> did I hear that right? Yeah. He was obviously being very observant when he was
5: captured, and everything he did, he was um, being observant and
3: respectful of the law. Sure. That's what's. That's what's, uh... I mean, that comes through in the previous chapters. Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, following the advice of James, it's, yeah, he's respectful of it. Yeah. And what I find interesting is the. The accusations from this guy Turtleus actually twist everything all the way around. So it's yes, uh, It yeah. um, d- deserves to be dissected.
1: Yeah, and there's lots of background there that are just not in the text. Like, um, like Lysias never shows up. Yeah. That uh, nothing seems. This they have this little talk and then they leave, and Paul stays there for two two more years, and. Um, has chats with Felix, obviously unsuccessful uh, witnessing attempts because Felix doesn't become a believer or anything.
3: They
5: feel convicted.
1: Oh yeah, they're definitely convicted, but they're mm-hmm. not. They're not on their knees worshiping the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Felix is actually going to get replaced because he's a terrible leader. Like um, when we when we talk a little bit about it. In fact,
5: the Holy Spirit really. Yeah.
1: Oh, we may as well talk about it. Okay, so anyone know any background on this guy called Felix? Anyone know anything?
2: He's on his second marriage here.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yes, he's on his... As, as it
2: seems to be a past marriage. He was yeah. previously married to one of the local
1: kings. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so somehow he's managed to woo this Jewish pr- queen.
2: She went to a more, uh, more powerful uh, yeah. rich
3: uh,
1: prospect. Rich yeah. Yeah.
3: It involved a magician from Cyprus. I mean, basically, some underhand kind of. Yeah. going on. Yeah. With, to, to get Joscelet
2: away from her. Yeah, First, I mean, yeah. He had a reputation for licentiousness, which it may well be why he got struck uh, with terror when Paul mentioned self control. That's right,
1: yes, and righteous behavior and coming judgment. Yeah. Yeah, Felix is. um His his official name is uh, is Claudius Antonius Felix uh, Magnus or something like that. He originally was a slave and he's one of the uh, only slaves ever to get to this huge rank. And he was the slave of the mother of of, uh, Claudius. Uh, Hence the name he also took when he he got got his freedom. Somehow he managed to weasel his way to becoming the governor of Judea. And not only that, Weasel, the wife of some other king, which is pretty incredible, and uh, and she was young. She's uh, when in this event, she's 19. Drusilla.
2: Interesting side trip she died of the eruption. Of the super- That's right. Yeah,
1: there were two Jews recorded as dying, dying in Vesuvius, and one was her, and the other one's Pliny the Elder, because he was running up the mountain to record the volcanic eruption. <laughs> Everyone's running away, and he's running up. So yes, yeah, so so ends up Felix ends up having to marry a third time, but we don't hear much about that one by this stage. So we have information
3: in Josephus about how Felix rather heavy-handedly put down rebellions. That's a thing that's a monster. He was uh, really quite severe in his treatment
1: of yeah. the Jewish. Yeah, yeah. So he, he came he came to rule Judea when the Jews were beginning, uh, like be, to openly begin the rebellion, and uh, he did not know how to to stop it. He did not know how to placate the Jewish people. He did not know how to do uh, Greco-Roman Jewish relationships and uh, failed miserably and just springboarded the rebellion. Um, he was also just mean, nasty, and cruel. Sorry.
3: Unprincipled.
1: Unprincipled, yep. Yeah. So he's the judge. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so... There's
0: a bit of understatement that's very British in verse 22.
1: It oh yeah. It's
4: having a rather accurate knowledge of the way.
2: Yeah. I
3: presume it's
4: understatement.
1: Um, the... the it isn't interesting that it says that he, if he's ruling Judea and has been for the last, what was it eight years, nine years, or something? Eight years. Eight,
3: years. Oh. eight years.
1: Then he's obviously heard of these people, particularly that there's members of his own garrison now followers of the way. Who, who's who's the hero in Caesarea? Cornelius. So you've got God-fearers attached to the synagogues. You've got God-fearers and, and Jews who are coming to faith in Jesus. And you can't stop this thing. It's everywhere now. So yeah, he's actually heard of the way. He's I not injured. Maybe. That
3: maybe. Well.
1: Yeah, maybe. So in verse 1, we uh, we do get a bit of a timeline. It took five days for our high priest to uh, to get himself down to Caesarea. Um, and uh, what would be maybe perhaps some of the reasons why our high priest didn't get there immediately? They've gone
2: down on horse, so a fast drop overnight.
1: Yeah. What's our what 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 is the high priest? What's his one function that he has to do during the weekly service? Pray. Pray. He's got one function on Shabbat. So pretty much he has to wait until that day is over and he can. Scoot out of town. So it's either prior to or just after uh the Sabbath, and he has a really cool name. What's his name? Ananias, Ananias. and uh, what does that mean in Hebrew? It's
2: Hanania, actually. The Greek is aspirated, all these transliterations are omitting that H. Yeah. Are they Hellenizing,
1: Hellenizing that, it? Hellenizing uh, it, yeah. So what's Hanania mean?
2: Lord, get grace.
1: Yeah, grace of God. And what's what's this guy's character? Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting that also in uh, the prophet Jeremiah, the false the false prophet that Jeremiah has to fight is also Hananiah, where the the uh, Jeremiah says Hananiah, the, the grace of God. He keeps talking about uh, the grace of God, how God so merciful and just, and He's not going to punish the people. How God and he was talking about hyper grace and uh prosperity and wealth and it was all false and it was false back then. And here we are with another high priest with the same name doing the same stuff and uh, being part of this the Sadducean community where you're wealthy because God's blessing you. And yet that's pretty much where their theology ended. Um, and so his, uh, he has to tend the altar on Shabbat. So, obviously, as soon as that's finished, he can get himself down to um, Caesarea. He probably wouldn't make the journey to Caesarea very often. Why would he not do so, do you think?
3: It's a fairly um, Greek-Gentile place.
1: Yeah, it would make him unclean just entering it. Yeah. So, not, yes. that, not that that's a problem. He can have a mikveh and he's got rid of it. But. He
2: was quite comfortable with Greek. There were a bunch of Hellenists.
1: Yeah. Greek. Mm. So. But he brings with him... A guy called Tertullus, and uh, we know nothing about him, apart from his name and his profession. Um, any ideas of who you think this character might be, who suddenly appears in the pages of Sacred History?
2: A restoration in the best of the Greek
1: or uh, Roman tradition. Yeah, he knows... he's a professional lawyer, and he knows his stuff. Yeah, and he has, a, he has a, uh, a, a Latin name, but that doesn't mean anything. Luke has a Latin name, and he's Jewish. So, the actual name doesn't mean anything. In Western texts, it, it uh, implies to, uh, Tertullus is actually Jewish, because he'll say things like, uh, which is not in, in these Alexandrian texts, in the Western texts, he'll say things like, we find Paul uh, going against our laws and sort of him very identifying with, actually, the Jewish people when he gives his opening speech, which we don't have here. However, uh, does anyone know any Torah principles about courts, how you're supposed to handle a court scene according to the Torah? Any idea? Witnesses you got to have witnesses and if you are a witness, what is the one thing you have to do in court according to the Bible? You have to show up. You cannot send a proxy. If you saw something, you have to be the one talking. If you're the one making the complaint, you have to be there. You can't send somebody else in your place. Okay? So the high priest shows up, right? if he's making a charge, he's going to follow the, the rules. But he's still bringing this other dude so according to the torah he does not have to bring this lawyer but obviously in roman courts it's a pretty good idea to have one okay so you can you can bring a lawyer but it's not actually biblically um required and so in deuteronomy and leviticus the uh the witnesses have to be the ones speaking they have to be you can't, um, you can't, nothing is allowed to be hearsay. Uh, so, and punishment in, in the Bible is immediate. There are no prisons in the Torah. Once you find somebody guilty, what do you do? You enact the punishment. If the punishment is that they have to hand over money, they hand over money. And if they can't hand over money then and there, they are sold into slavery. There's no waiting and then the rest of the family has to do the buying back and the redeeming and something else, but there's no holding pattern, which is interesting, right? There are no prisons in the Torah. If you're gonna kill somebody, you take him out of the camp you kill him there and there, right? There's no sitting on death row and waiting. Um, this is in a court. If you've done something and you can escape to a refuge city, that's different, okay? That's not a prison. Cities of refuge are not prisons, um, but in, in, in the in, in the Jewish courts, Punishment is enacted immediately. Um, you just deal with it and move on. You don't sort of hold people uh, in for correctional services like we do today. Okay. Prison system, that's a Greek invention which we inherit. Okay. So we do inherit things that are that are good. I'm not saying they're bad. Okay. Yeah. Don't throw away everything Greek. Some of it's pretty good too. Alright. So they, uh, their little entourage finally shows up and they convene the court and the accusers go first. And so instead of uh, uh, Ananias, Hanania and his, his team, he has his lawyer do the opening speech. And, uh, and what do we see our Tertullus doing? What's his style? Flat yes. fruit. yes so this is um, what they're doing is uh, they call it they got a name for it um captatio benevolente okay it's the uh, the first thing you do is you flatter the guy as much as you can you basically say all kinds of rubbish about how good he is how gorgeous he is how handsome he is how beautiful his wife is you know, whatever, and you're hoping that he'll become uh, bene- benevolent, attentum, and docile, <laughs> okay? You want him to be a, a, attentively benevolent, and if not, just docile. Okay, and, uh, and so that's what this guy starts doing. He does the classic uh, uh, style of the day. And so Axe is recording a classic, very particular style. Yeah, and so he says, and, and the things that he says, they're, they're blatantly untrue. Mm-hmm. So, what what are some of the things he says? Okay. Stewing um,
4: appliances.
1: Yeah. So we, we have enjoyed. What's the, What's the first thing he says um, to to Felix? He says, um, "We have enjoyed a long period of peace amongst you." No. That's not true. <laughs> I mean, he's slaughtered all kinds of Jews in, um, in, in the little amphitheater area there. It's, it's quite amazing how uh, uh, what he's been doing. He's crucifying Jews left, right and center. I okay? this guy's not. Also, I
5: read that uh, also uh, there's bandits coming and killing Roman soldiers and Roman citizens. I mean, there's not yep. peace and safety.
1: That's right. And the Jews are also killing other Jews. So, so Jews who thought that other Jews were um, helping Romans or siding with the enemy, or the, they were raiding their villages and burning them. Wizards are not a nice place. Remember how many hundreds of soldiers got pulled down to Caesarea? I mean, uh, four. Uh, four, yeah, 400, including cavalry. I mean, um, this is, suddenly you realize, wow, the countryside's teeming with bandits. It's uh, not, a good, not, a, not a good place, and yet we start with this absolute fly, we have enjoyed wonderful peace with you. Pax Romana has entered the Holy Land, okay? and it's just not true. And uh, what do you find in Jeremiah? Peace, peace, but there is no peace.
5: Right. I, so is the, yeah. I know it's a little early before Paul's, but uh, we've talked about flattery several times, yeah. and, um, but we're going to see that Paul he doesn't use flattery, and he also says in his letters, he said, I never use flattery. Yeah. And, uh,
1: he, he knew how to do it, you put him growing up in that world, yeah. but he doesn't do it himself. Yeah. He That's has it. an opening
3: sentence which is accurate and straightforward. Correct. Yeah. yeah.
5: yeah. He doesn't lie, yeah. but he won't he doesn't use it. He not bribe. And he doesn't bribe. You know, those are things that people around the world do quite frequently. I'll, yes, they do. I've lived around the world, and I know. Uh, People sometimes who claim to be Christians they bribe to get through border crossings or you know whatever,
1: and we engage in flattery talk. Yeah. Well, yeah.
5: One of the remarkable characteristics
2: of Scripture throughout is the total lack of emotional, emotional manipulation of the text. Mm. When you when you see emotion described, it's only the facts of something happening. It's never telling you what to feel or think with regard to the action. It's almost like technical writing, mm-hmm. dry. Objective, laid back presentation. You decide how to feel. Yep. You're, free to, you're free to react
1: to this text however you lose you. Yeah. The Holy Spirit moves the
5: heart.
1: So in terms of like, I mean, this is sacred history, but we can still learn from it. So, like what you're saying, how should a believer respond? What should be coming from our lips? Uh, the truth. Yes? So when
4: you say yes when you mean yes. Yes,
1: exactly. Let yes be yes, and you know, no be no. You don't have to don't have to insult people per se. And Paul was apologetic once he realized he actually had insulted people, right? Um, but that doesn't mean he turns around and, and starts um, you know, kissing the uh, the high priest's ring.
5: Um. Well, I'd say too, it's it's okay to encourage people, you know, at church or whatever. You're not flattering when you encourage if it's sincere and you're encouraging people because people do need to be encouraged. But mm-hmm. um, It's been my observations, I've tried for many decades to be like Solomon and just make observations about life and people that I've seen who flatter the most, they are the biggest troublemakers I've ever known in my life. Uh, They will flatter, flatter, flatter. Every time they see you, they'll flatter to other people, but they cause more problems. I think there's a
1: proverb that speaks against um, flattery, doesn't it? Yeah, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I'm hundred percent sure. It's many times. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah.
2: So the devil has two plans. The first, the preliminary is flattery, and the second one is condemnation. Okay. <laughs> Once
0: you're
3: drawn in. Once you're drawn in, I think Paul
0: has been practicing one thing, which is know how to flow with the inner sense of the yeah. Spirit, which is his teaching, the focus of his teaching. Mm-hmm. For those who flow with the Spirit, shall be in the way of the Spirit, flesh with the flesh. Flesh with the flesh through the Spirit. So I can see such a person is outstanding, shining, Mm -hmm. with the explanation that he really brings out from his practice with the Spirit. The resurrection Lord has turned into the life-giving spirits into him. Mm -hmm. So his performance is outstanding through all the trials. And he is not going to be afraid. Yeah. The spirit inside instructing
1: how to talk. Yeah, it doesn't actually say that, but we can we can hold to that. Yeah. He's also had, as we know, five days, mm-hmm. um, and we have no information what Paul did in five days. So he, we don't know what he talked. We don't know whether he had sermons. We don't know what was the the deal. Um, the when when Roman citizens were in custody, the tradition in Romans is we don't have to feed you at all that's actually your family does that and so you can see in the text that he has allowed visitors and they can come and support him so we're going to have to assume that um, the brothers living in Caesarea heard that Paul was around and assisted Luke had access to him maybe Cornelius had access to him whoever was in the in the Garrison, who was a believer, and anyone in Caesarea would have had access to him, giving him money, giving him food, giving him clothing, taking care of him, taking care of his correspondence, but we get none of those details.
5: Um, Here's some verses on flattery, if you want. Proverbs okay. twenty-eight, twenty-three: whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor rather than the one who has a flattering tongue. 26, Proverbs 26, a lying tongue hates those who it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin, and um, he who, those who flatter their neighbors are spreading nets for their feet, mm-hmm. and
1: uh, yep. so on. Yeah, yeah, and yet here we find, if, if Tertullus is Jewish, according to the Western text, you should know all this stuff, and yet, uh, even in the presence of the high priest, he still engages in what is obviously poor wisdom. But he's got to butter up his uh, his Felix. So we have enjoyed peace under you, and uh, and that is not true. And and uh, what is it? And your foresight has. Uh, yeah? I'm uh, pretty sure
3: that uh, Felix reacted to situations. Rather, you know, stuff happened, and he had to deal with, deal with it. Foresight wouldn't have been one of his strengths. Strengths,
1: guess, no, yeah, that's right. Based yeah. on the record that we have. No, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this is, this is also not true. You haven't got any foresight whatsoever, okay? And, um, and, and what reforms? <laughs> Maybe martial law. Okay, so uh, what else? Every way, and in everywhere, in every way, most excellent, Felix, right, we acknowledge this with profound gratitude. Okay, so again, <laughs> yeah, like no one's talking about this guy behind his back. Yes, yes, we are. Okay, but in order not to weary you further, because you know I really can't think of any more lies to say, um, I would request that you be kind enough to hear us briefly. Okay, so his first, his first um, uh, couple of sentences are all just uh, um, rubbish. Okay. Um, we have found this man to be a troublemaker, stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. Well, is that true?
2: Absolutely.
1: Yes. So it's true. We have found him to be a troublemaker. You may not, though. <laughs> okay. And he has stirred up riots among the Jews all over the world. Well, that's also kind of technically true. But he's not being tried in those courts. And none of those, none of those Jews are here to request uh, a trial. And he is a ringleader of what do we call it? The Nazarene sect. Okay, that's what the the name of what they're calling this movement. And he even tried to desecrate the temple. So we seized him. So is that true? No. No. Okay, both both the des- the temple wasn't desecrated, and they didn't actually seize him.
4: Yeah.
1: Does anyone have the footnotes that uh, no. go, with, go with, yeah, that's, these. Are, so they've added, the, the footnotes include the western text version. Everyone know what western texts are?
3: So, in
1: literary archaeology, like when Bible actually physically comes out of the earth, um, it's not all the same, and so people sort of take uh, different versions of, of books and sort of put them in groupings that are most the same and often this occurs in time periods sometimes in uh, linguistic styles uh, and, and sometimes in geographical areas and it is a tendency to that you find in manuscripts that have a tendency to be um, as found as far away as Tunisia and Morocco uh, those groupings are called Western text versions. Uh, they tend to be bigger. They tend to have more information than um, ours. So, like we're reading Alexandrian Acts, although there is a Western Acts which has more information. So, um, so for example, in Western Acts, Luke actually shows up in Acts eleven, not in Acts sixteen, like in ours. In uh, in in Western Acts it's very clear that uh, Luke's actually a Jewish boy from Antioch uh, these kinds of things it has a lot more information sometimes clarifies bits but uh, and sometimes sometimes the the Alexandrian manuscripts also include some Western material so they've added this here
3: so what does it say? Um, this is added um so I'll start from verse six. The text: "So he even tried to profane the temple, but we seized him, and we we would have judged him according to our law. But the chief captain Lysias came and, with great violence, took him out of our hands, commanding his accusers to come before you." And so then, let's say, by examining yourself,
1: yeah. So the charges are false. Okay, Paul has had to deal with this stuff before. And 2,000 years later, has, is there a change? No. Christians all over the world have to constantly deal with false charges. Looking in, the, in our part of the world, let's start with the, with the Muslim area. What are some of the false charges that our brothers and sisters in Muslim realms often have to deal with?
2: Jesus struck their
1: What I what I mean is, what do Muslims char- what do Muslims uh, often charge Christians with doing? Which is Corrupting the text. Correct. Uh-huh. Well, blaspheming Muhammad. Every now and again, you'll get these poor Christians who will be killed because some guy comes and says they were saying bad things about Muhammad. They were burning Qur'an's, They were doing it. no, that's true. And uh, and yet they they suffer for it. Or in this in this place, uh, what do some of our messianic friends? get charged with doing what are the orthodox like to keep saying that we're doing Like whenever we have a, a an outreach event here what's the charge anyone know shirley do you, well, you have been we're here
3: proselytizing.
1: we're proselytizing or which is probably true <laughs> but uh, spiritual holocaust you know we're um, we hate yes. israel you know we're uh, we 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 drink blood we you know these kinds of things it's, it's there's lots of untruth. Paul had to face it. Two thousand years later, still going on. Still going on. So
5: the Dark Ages, the Middle Ages.
4: Catholicism brought accusations. Yes. Yeah.
1: All about yep. money. All about. Uh, yep. We. Yep. It happens. Yep.
2: It's a projection. It's, it's a, a projection of guilt. It's automatic it. among the, uh, the unbelievers. Uh, they reject their own personal guilt and therefore reject it. Onto the innocent. It's, yeah. it's the principle of the cross of
1: Christ that is carried by his followers throughout the ages. Yeah, the um, Jewish law actually warns: be very careful when going to Gentile courts, because it acknowledged that Gentile courts—yeah, Gentile courts were uh, notoriously corrupt. You weren't ever going to get justice in a Gentile court. And so, what do we end up seeing Jesus say to his followers?
5: How dare
1: you. don't go to court yeah, don't go. you won't find justice there deal with it within, with within yourselves right and uh, which is interesting but still we still we're still getting this being played out uh, between the temple and uh, and Paul Paul doesn't have a choice in this respect um, and we find that this Jewish guy Tertullus knows Roman law really well Paul does too so now now we have to ask another question. How, how close can you get to the pervading culture before it actually affects you? Like this guy knows the story. He knows how to handle a court. And so... Is that sinning? Is that's, the, that's what I'm asking. It's the discussion. You know, okay. Can we get... How close to the world can we get? There is no way we can answer this.
4: Is it righteousness? Jesus flipped tables...
1: Yes, you did. Yeah.
4: That would be anger in, in, in from an
1: outsider's sure, view. Yeah, yeah, but let's stick with the idea of um, ca- how do we, as, as believers in Jesus, serving a higher king, being part of the kingdom of heaven, also know that we have to be salt and light in this earth? How close can we get to it before it actually starts affecting us? I don't know the answer to that. <clears throat>
4: So you're saying it's kind of
1: like the same. Those who play with fire get burned. But to some extent, you need to play with fire just to have. Is that what of mm-hmm. question? I'm not. I'm not sure. It's just. I just know that. Um, I mean, here you have some people who really know Roman law really well, and they're using it all bad. But at the same time, previously Paul, who has known Greek uh, theology really well, has used it really well. And so there's this tension that. You know, we, we, we are in the world. We know it. We are going to be involved in business. Yes. We are going to be involved in education. Yes. But the very culture that we're in is corrupt.
4: It, it reminds me of the give unto Caesar, or render unto Caesar. That sure. Says, Absolutely. Because, I mean, the separation of church and state, it, it's like as old as time, to what extent are Christians allowed to participate with the state? And, you know, and even the same render unto Caesar, that which Caesar's, I've always. A struggle with that. How does one determine
1: what is Caesar's? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ariane? In every human culture, there's a human aspect to it, it's, it's
2: inescapable, otherwise, the culture would never have stood or developed. And I think in this case, Paul hit it when he, he, he's saying, Among the Jews, be like a Jew, among the Greeks, be, be like, like a, a Greek. And he himself, of course, personified this perfectly. And yeah. we have a good example in front of us right here here yeah. he's acting like a good Jew, whereas he's acting in the past like a good Greek, and uh, yeah represented Christ
5: uh, quite capably in both
1: ways. In, in, both, in both ways, yeah.
5: I uh, I think probably we what we need is to pray for wisdom in this, because um, as long as we're influencing someone else, if we're the influencer, then I think we're doing what God wants us to do, be the salt. But once... You know, we begin to be influenced. I grew up in a culture where nobody smoked cigarettes, nobody drank alcohol at all, anything like that. And I've changed. And now I go into environments where there's lots of alcohol, lots of cigarette smoking, whatever. I take Christ with me and I have no problem. Someone else might go into this environment and it'd be a a
1: A problem for
5: them. But it's not for me. Mm you know, I, I associate with people who are homosexual or lesbian, mm-hmm. those aren't problems for me, but it might be for somebody else, you know. So I think yeah. we just have to pray for wisdom and just, what, how, am I being Christ to this group, and is that my purpose as well? We work in environments that are very difficult as well, and some people have no, um, you know, there's no choice, they're in a prison or something, yeah. they very evil people. They still have to try to pray for wisdom that they
1: have this help. Yeah, way back in Acts 2, we read portions of the didache, the teachings of the apostles. And the one that always struck me uh, is the injunction, every day seek the company of the saints. Knowing that here you had these believers who didn't number very many. And uh, they had to go to work. And they had to go to work in a pagan world. You know, and they had to work amongst Things that perhaps they didn't agree with, didn't like seeing, didn't like doing, but that's where they were. And if they had remained alone in that environment, they may have succumbed. And so the, the wisdom of the day was, as soon as you finish work, try and find a brother. Try and find a, a, a brother to go and, just, and spend some time with, to pray together, to talk, to be encouraged. Because we don't do this race alone. I mean, yes, we run the race, but we're all running and we all get a chance and opportunity to, to encourage each other and to care for each other and to pick each other up and to notice each other when we're falling um but yeah so we, there is that tension as to how much of the pervading culture can we can we can we get close to um, so can i comment on this, this yes. verse
3: that's in the western text the oh yes that mentions um <coughs> uh, Read the Western text again, so for the the recording. The added bit goes like this. And we would have judged him according to our law, but the chief captain, Lysias, came and with great violence took him out of our hands, commanding his accusers to come before you. Um, Now, what they're saying there is that um, the the violence on behalf of Lysias, which it wasn't, the violence by the Jews on the Temple Mount correct okay. and um, actually lysias I mean often he, he, he bound um, Paul but really he was just looking up taking care of him and was going to take him straight into the um, Antonio Fortress but Paul wanted to have a go at talking to the people um, but there's this thing about the western text there are some things that are contributing to it and I've read one of them which is the Codex Bezai which some theologians think was actually edited by Luke himself. So bits were added and bits were taken out. And I wonder whether... I, mean, I don't know clearly about this, but... I'm wondering whether Luke took out this section about... talking about Lysias and taking him violently. Because some people might actually think that Turtles are telling the truth. Hmm. In other words, but he doesn't... You'll notice that basically... There's none or very little negative said about the Romans in in Luke and Acts. Basically, gives them a good good run and highlights the the people who are particularly outstanding, both both in terms of their contributions. Like Um, when Jesus speaks and talks to the centurion, who says, "No, you don't have to come to my house. Just say the word." Jesus says, "Wow." Never have I come across faith like this, not in the whole of Israel. So that's highlighted by Luke, as well as the story about Cornelius. Um, and you never see um, any, any reaction or antagonism en- encouraged at all in the Gospels towards the Romans. And we we don't because of that we don't get the impression how tough it was like living under the Romans mm. could have a whim require you to do crazy stuff not just walk, walk a mile but you know just you can so Jesus' is um, testimony me like that so I'm wondering whether Paul doesn't want to include this statement by tertulus because some people might think that actually he's um, correctly describing how, what happened when he is not reversing the truth saying it back front, so that the violence came from the Jews and the and well, Claudius Lysias stepped in and took a firm hand to protect um, Paul. wasn't calling it great violence is really inappropriate. So that 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 sentence has been taken out of the text we have, and and it could have been reviewed. Luke did, saying how he wanted to include stuff and remove stuff. I mean, just sometimes it's just stuff that's added, which is helpful detail, which could have been done by other people Said, so, oh, I knew the detail, you know, yeah. I lived here and I knew what was going on. I, I was also aware so I nice had yeah. and stuff. And some of it looks like that. Yeah, yeah and that, uh, that, I'm sure that will be the case. But when it's talking about actually the reason for taking stuff out...
1: Yeah, could be also could protective. Be, be? Same with them when they don't name um, Paul's family. Mm. You know, everybody else gets names. Turtelus gets a name, prior priest gets a name, soldier gets a name. You get to sister and nephew of Paul, but no, they don't get names. And, and maybe because of protection. <laughs> you know, it could be something very safe that we do. The...
3: Oh,
1: okay. Sorry? No. Oh, yeah.
3: And, and just one other little observation, he calls him, Turtles calls uh, Felix most excellent. Yeah. So this way we have twice in, uh, well, three times in Acts, uh, but he, he uses it for Felix, and then in a couple of chapters on, he uses it for Festus, who are presiding over this initial hearing. Yeah. and it's also used to describe the person he was writing it for, was yeah. the yeah. who could have been. Uh, it, it's a term of respect. But,
1: but only, only in Luke doesn't call him that in Acts.
3: Yeah. So, yeah. So it's a term of respect for someone in authority, but and it's used. We can see clearly here in the court situation,
1: yeah. of the person who was out in court. Yeah. All right. So, it's uh, it says the Jews joined in the accusation of certain things were true. So who are these Jews? Doesn't say. But we I, the well, yeah. Somehow the the crowd that comes with. Um, so is it, is it? it doesn't seem that uh, Paul has any uh, friends on his side of the table. However, uh, okay, now that Turtelus has had his opportunity to present the charges, it's up to Paul's turn. So the governor motions him to speak and Paul begins. And then you get um, a very short, uh, non-flattery piece of truth. I know that for a number of years you've been a judge over this nation. <laughs> that is true. No adjectives there. No need to say, oh, and you're doing a really bad job of it too. (laughs) Okay? So, what does Paul know? Let's think about what what does Paul know? So, for five days, he's been pondering uh, the Lord Jesus, who has said, you're going to go to Rome. So, if God had told you, You're going to go to Rome. He had told you, physically come in and you're romantic. How are you behaving in the next day? Here is a a guy who has the power of throwing you in prison. Or worse.
5: Gives you more boldness when you know the Lord Mm -hmm. has given you a direct word and you know for sure it's a sure word. Of course you could still get beaten. Mm -hmm. So you might want to not have your
1: back. Right. I mean, it's one of those. It's one of those things where you go. The Lord told me that I'm going to move to Israel, so I'm going to test it by throwing myself in the throw of this bus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you think God would say? Probably you get you be in heaven going. You're not supposed to be here. <laughs>
3: you shall not. Fall for the Lord, to Lord to God, the to test. the test. He yes. also knows that he's been told that
5: he would, you know, preach the gospel before. Kings and, and rulers mm-hmm. like this. So I mean, he knows. Hey, this is one thing that the Lord told me to do. So. when yep. they were first sent out, were they not told to be as shrewd as snakes and as harmless as doves? Yep. Yeah. So whatever cunning as foxes, court. harmless as doves,
1: <coughs> gentle as doves. Yeah.
5: To sum up almost everything we just spoke about in the last few minutes say, Yeah. To Try out. and be like that. He has to adapt certain. Um, um, attributions of the world to be shrewd, because Christ and love is not shrewd. So,
4: um, in essence,
1: to well, as cunning as he... do
4: what he was commanded to do. Yeah.
1: We are. Well, I mean, we've, already, we've already seen we've seen Paul be very cunning in his uh, and very and and play the crowd very well. Okay, so he just says you've been ruling this nation. It's true, but we're not going to work out whether you're bad or not. I get to have a go at making my defence. Uh, verse 11, he begins his defense. You can easily ver- verify that no more than 12 days ago, I went up to Jerusalem to worship. So these 12 days are taking quite a few chapters here.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, my ancestors did, my accusers, sorry, my accusers did not find me arguing with anyone at the temple uh, or stirring up a crowd in the synagogues or anywhere else in the city. So he just straight away just refuses, refutes their argument. They say I did this, I say I didn't. Uh, And they cannot prove to you the charges they are now making against me. However, here's something I do admit. I admit that I worship the God of our fathers as a follower of the way that they call a sect. So how does Paul describe the Jesus movement? The term is the way. How do the the accusers describe it? The sect of the Nazarenes. So, um, what do we think about nomenclature? Does it matter?
5: Almost. He's essentially saying that there's no difference between the word and the law of Moses and the way of God. I, mean, I don't know if that section, but he's not starting a new religion he's just continuing yep. the
4: fulfillment of christ's covenant yeah plus it's more, mean, comprehend. Is more inclusive too the way it's more broad the second nazarenes is very he,
1: well, yeah well he he's this is a, this is a term that he's actually inheriting he's inheriting this this phrase but does it actually really matter whether it's called the 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 the, part, the way of the nazarene or of the way or christian or does it matter? Some people think it does. And, and, they, and they really do. We, we've, we've had all kinds of arguments about what we should or shouldn't be called. And, um, and, and probably will. We probably will never solve this issue. Um, uh, maybe words have meanings for certain people that they don't have meanings for other people. And perhaps um, we have to be very careful what we call movements uh, and, and call ourselves. Um, but also, on the other hand, maybe we shouldn't get too hung
5: up about it.
4: Language is a limitation and it's also a very effective tool, albeit a very limited
5: one. Right. Sure. So,
4: it's used to the extent that it's needed and, and yet it's inherently and invariably limited and always will be. Yeah. So, it's, it's just one of those things. Lay, uh, labels are very limiting. Am I this? Am I that? What denomination am I And yet, to some extent, or a large extent, they very useful. It's a very, extremely effective tool. It is the tool. Language is the tool. Yeah. We're reading language. We're using language to...
1: I also think it's um, a sign of, of maturity too. So I you know, can testify on my own self that when, you know, as a young young believer and you get quite zealous and uh, you're very sure that the following denominations are all definitely wrong, okay, uh, and, uh, and and the, the following group, which is not very big because it's usually just my group, we're all right. Um, and then over time you begin to start to relax a little and suddenly you realise, oh, um, uh, it's it's a little yeah, more complicated. Yeah. more complicated than that, you know. <laughs> uh, when I first, you know, uh, uh, I, was, I was raised in a Lutheran Lutheran um, upbringing, which means that uh, all Catholics are going to hell. They just are. And um, but then one day you actually meet a spiritual Catholic, and suddenly you realise who I mean, knows oh.
5: more about the Bible than you.
1: Yeah. And, and you suddenly realise that, that the big hospital down the road that's actually curing the sick is called St. Catherine's. Mm-hmm. And it's run by nuns. And you think, ah, yeah, my church hasn't built a hospital ever. <laughs> so Yeah. And so, and so suddenly you realise, oh, it's, it's a little more complicated than that. And I think that's a, it's a sign of maturity um, and that, that, yes, words are important. Yes, what we def- call ourselves is sometimes very important, particularly to a hearer, perhaps. Um, but in the, in the in the in the in the eventually, it really doesn't matter as much as maybe what we think it does.
4: It reminds me of when Jesus said, "The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak." Uh, humans seem to inherently, naturally be disposed towards organizing things as a matter of survival. Sure. And when we do that, we're using words
1: to (laughs) To do it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Things survive actually by institutionalizing. Otherwise, they morph into something else. All right. Okay, so. (laughs) They turn into fossils. (laughs) They
2: turn into
1: fossils. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so um, where is he? He is in verse 14. So he's a follower of the way, um, which is not called that anymore, uh, which they call a sect. I believe everything that agrees with the Torah, the law, and that is written in the prophets. And I have hope. Oh, that's a, a wonderful uh, word in God, as do these guys. Right? He actually identifies, even with his accusers, that we actually share something. We share hope. And, uh, and what's he hoping? It's a very interesting phrase. The resurrection of?
3: Both. 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 The justice. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: yeah. Both. Which is an interesting thing for Paul to say. I, we, I hope in the resurrection of the righteous, oh, and the wicked. So that's the,
2: that's the resurrection he hopes for. He takes it granted that it's everybody.
1: It's everybody, yeah. Because
2: that's the universal teaching
1: and understanding. Yeah. And we had this really cool Bible study last night. And uh, we discussed some of these, these ideas of resurrection and judgment and things. But uh, here, you know, you, the resurrection of the righteous and the wicked, which...
5: I think it's interesting that from the very beginning, we need to remember that others came with him, you know, the elders came with him, and then at the end of Tertullius' talk, they said, yeah, all of them agreed that this was the truth, you know, against Paul. So there's a lot of people there, and what we, I think, see from this is, that even though Ananias was a Sadducee, he knows again he's dividing this group that comes because some of those people were Pharisees, no doubt. Yeah. They were coming maybe to getting killed, you know, but they believed, I think he's appealing to them as well. You know, you're, yeah. you believe in the resurrection. Well, I'm the, the
1: like, previous chapter, the Pharisees have actually found no fault in him. That right. was there. there was a, decl- we don't think this guy's done anything wrong. So, but, um, but here he's, uh, he uses that phrase again. I, I'm, I have a hope of the resurrection for both the righteous and
5: the wicked. It appears to me, though, that some of these who have come to accuse him, though, are Pharisees, and he's yeah. appealing to them again. Could be, you know that. Yeah, you know, yeah. He, he has
2: manipulated uh, Ananias <laughs> through, through this assertion here.
1: Would not agree the
2: Sadducee, with this. I didn't this. Yes, I don't believe that. Yeah,
1: I don't have this kind he, of hope. He's
2: he changed the confusing crowd yep. uh, against Hanania.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and Hanania doesn't actually respond. Like there's no rebuttal on, on okay. this. Yeah. So at this point, um, when I read this, I go, I, I'm not arguing over the narrative because the narrative is the narrative. This is what Paul said. I just get struck by um why do you resurrect the wicked what's the point of that, well, I, I can answer that oh go for mind. it brother yeah. I was like all we're gonna do is throw them in hell why don't we just send the man the first place <laughs>
0: it's
2: because God logs the DNA of every human being at conception and he starts preparing the body the place the secret place that he has prepared in the creation. So they have to get it. Which is in the lower portion of the earth, as stated in Psalm one thirty nine. All the bodies of all conceived beings are being prepared. Right. God is waiting for the drama to be resolved as to which which ones of these are going to be the righteous and the wicked. It's only yeah. determined at the point of resurrection.
1: Everyone everyone hear everyone, what what are is saying?
2: Everyone comes out of out of their creation's womb into
1: the, into the new birth yeah. of the recreation. So in Jewish tradition, and they get it from the text, it's not like they're making this stuff up purely, is that uh, when God um, uh, uh, does creation, all the souls that have ever been born are already there and we're gonna create bodies for these souls. Every soul is going to get a body. And then that DNA, which is semi-permanent, and uh, other bodies, are prepared to this sort of migration. We all get resurrected.
2: And to clarify that text, which is widely corrupted and misused, it is the raw materials of the human being that is logged in God's book. It is not all of their days. This has been reversed turn this text into a deterministic God who has determined meticulously everything for everyone and it's written in his book. That's not what the text says. It is the raw materials of that human being being conceived that is logged in God's book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Creation is very 39. special. One, one, th- one, 139. And today we
2: would call that DNA. We know how it can
3: happen. Yeah.
2: Because the, every person's genome is contained in the, mm-hmm. this
0: little tiny piece of information. information. It's very easy to I think according to First uh, Corinthians fifteen twenty three, First Thessalonica four sixteen, the resurrection of the righteous will happen uh, in the one thousand before the one thousand year before uh, the return of the Lord. This is a resurrection of the life for the righteous people. John 5.28 also says that it's a kind of reward, resurrection or rewarding. This is the best and the first time outstanding uh, resurrection to reward to the righteous. If the righteous and unrighteous are the same resurrection, then there is no difference between the righteous and not righteous. So for those who are not righteous, the resurrection to them is after the 10th, 1000. And this is a kind of judgment resurrection. It can be shame, can be, you know, uh, what do you say, to be punished it is a kind of very shameful resurrection. So at that time, if you're not going to repent, you will have received everlasting.
1: Uh, you're reading reflection. a commentary, eh?
0: So it says that this is what I saw from this. Uh, explanation. This is where uh, Paul is trying to warn Felix, you are the unrighteousness. So you are, must understand, you have to face the resurrection time. And you're going to have a judgment, facing, you're going to facing the judgments. Oh well, Felix
1: but, Felix will know that there's a resurrection. His wife's Jewish. So they would have had this tradition in, in, in her upbringing. Yeah. yeah.
0: But according to Daniel twelve, to yep. all of this give us the unrighteousness the yep. resurrection. Mm-hmm. There's a the resurrection of yep, judgments yep,
1: of both the righteous and, and the right, wicked, the, the and nature. in some cases there might be multiple resurrections.
3: Yeah. I think you might also consider the fact that at that time the females would not have been trained in the Torah.
1: Uh no, that's not true. The um, no, um, you found uh, Martha and Mary were female disciples of Jesus. Yes. Females accompany Jesus and there is um, parts but of the Talmud. I mean, re- reference
3: here to um, Lucilla yes. being Jewish. Yeah. I think it's an assumption I think,
1: that she would
4: have known all like of that.
1: Well, she would have known some. Like just, like any, even people who were who are born into a culture in the West, even if they're not Christians, uh, in Pagans, still know that there's a guy called Jesus. So as being a Jew, she would have known that there's something called the world to come. There is all. Haba. What happens in it, I don't know, but, um, but, but there's, this, there's this idea of it. She's not ignorant as as in, or oh, when I die, nothing happens. So...
3: How we can know that? When Paul point righteousness or control and the coming judgment, predict what like all right. He knows it's, it's coming, yeah.
1: So... Yeah. So, um, all right. So, so Paul finishes off by saying, um, oh, actually, he doesn't finish off. He just says, look, I've always k- tried to keep my conscience clear before God and man. And then he gives a bit of background to himself. I've an absence of several years, doesn't tell people what he was doing, because what was he doing? He was running around causing riots. <laughs> well, I we mentioned that bit. Okay. So uh, after an absence of several years, I came to Jerusalem to bring my people gifts for the poor, which is true. And to present offerings, also true, because he's uh, done his, his, his vow. I was ceremonially clean, so he's had a mikveh, he's, uh, he's pure, he's probably was wearing a white robe. When they found me in the temple, Court's doing this, there was no crowd with me, nor was I involved in any disturbance. However, there are some Jews from the province of Asia who, who ought to be here before you to bring charges if they have anything against me. Who's he talking about? <coughs> Anyone remember? He
3: was from Ephesus? who yes. Accused him of uh, bringing a Gentile into the holy precinct.
1: Correct. That's in Acts 21. Yeah. yeah. And so, which of course he didn't do, but that was the accusation that was that was he was in charge of there. And he said, if you want to hear from them, they can bring them here. But they're not here. They they have wandered off. Maybe gone back to Ephesus. So obviously they didn't think it was that big a deal for them to continue pressing the charges. Uh, or these who are here sh- would, should state what crime they found in me when I stood before the Sanhedrin, unless it was this one thing that I shouted in their presence, and now he actually admits that there is something I have done, but it's not actually worth going to prison for. It is concerning the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial for before you today. And then you get that very interesting little verse in verse 22 that Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, so he's actually heard of this. He may have even persecuted a couple of them before. Maybe he's had discussions with his centurion, Cornelius. We don't know. Um, he adjourns the proceedings. When Lysias, the commander, comes, he said, I will de- decide your case. Is this true? No. No. Okay. We have no record of Lysias actually coming, though he probably did. And, uh, but we do know that Felix does not decide the case he ordered the centurion to keep Paul under guard and to give him some freedom and to permit his friends to take care of his needs this is all in accordance with uh, Roman custom so Paul is a prisoner but he still has freedom of movement he can can, uh, wander around he can receive visitors he can uh, send out letters and and material and stuff several days later Felix uh, came with his wife uh, Drusilla this is uh, uh, this uh, young queen that he's got the Jewish lady he sent for Paul and he listened to him as he spoke about faith in Jesus Christ so this is um, Paul has the opportunity to share the gospel with Drusilla, with um, Felix and probably a bunch of courtiers as well um, unfortunately we get no record of any success of him actually having success in doing it, Although well, he does do it and uh And and Paul uh, Luke notes that he discusses righteousness, self control, and the judgment to come. And Felix is afraid. Why is he afraid? He was
0: unrighteous. He's unrighteous, and he has no self
1: control. (laughs) And he knew that he was going to get judged. He's going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Felix is a, you know, probably not a happy camper but instead of um, getting rid of, of Paul he keeps him um, uh, for whatever reason and that's enough you can leave when I find it convenient I will send for you and you get this little just a little obscure verse uh, at the same time he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe well that was never going to happen not from Paul's side although we do notice in the Christian world that sometimes we do do that um, and he sent for him frequently and talked with him. But it doesn't seem to have actually had an effect.
5: You know, I think this is where Paul might have made one little slip up. What's it's that, mate? Because he said that I came to Jerusalem to bring alms to my people. And, uh, and that probably just struck a little ding.
1: Oh, you've got some money? Yeah, okay. Yeah. You, know, you can bring some alms some for
5: me. Yeah. Yeah. They might raised some money. And I'm just wondering if that's not what. Make Could have. Think this way, uh, That's right. Had had Paul have said, you know,
1: um, I'm, I was really poor, I came here in my rags, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I haven't got a heck of a lot. I don't want to
5: keep
3: this guy. I don't no. want to
1: keep this guy, it's actually no good to me.
3: Another thing was that he was encouraged by James to pay the expenses of these, these four guys under a Nazarite vow. Yeah. And they were quite considerable. Yes. And so Paul would not have used the collection money for that, he would have used his own resources. Yeah. So he would have had some money. He can, I can okay,
1: say He's also his family's around and, we, and, and we, we, we know he there's a sister and a nephew we have no idea what their job was they could be wealthy so we, we, we actually don't know The line
4: that kind of for me it seems somewhat interesting is in the last verse where he says to show the Jews a pleasure he left all bound so I, to, to me it's interesting because I, he has this going on in his mind that he's, he has to please the Jews to some large extent and therefore, you know, he's trying to placate Paul um, to, you know, it's not so much, in my, maybe, I mean, it's not so much that he's looking for a bribe, but it, rather it's that he's trying to please the Jews and by doing, yeah. you know, so...
1: He doesn't want to antagonize them any further from the other actions that he has done for them. And so he's yeah perhaps trying.
4: Any
1: other yeah. Yeah. I mean this is, this is this is a, a governor who's not who's who can't see a way forward. And so what's his his, his result? I'll do nothing. I'll just.
4: But, but, but at the same time keep Paul there. Don't just yeah. say oh let him go. I mean because that wouldn't be too obvious. Yeah. I'm just it's just I'm just thinking maybe you know because that line I mean yeah. that's kind of this right where I come from is that he's. He's
3: a representative,
1: a figurehead,
3: and he can't displease those that he's representing. And so it's maybe possible. To, I, yeah. I read somewhere that the, the thing about the two years—that the two years was the maximum that a Roman citizen could be held in custody without a resolution—so mm-hmm. that he should not have left him in custody. Yeah. He should You know, if if, it, if there was no substantial evidence against him after the have years, gone. he should have gone free.
1: Well, I, I didn't know that. That's so, yep. I, I mean, what, what do you think?
5: What would happen to him
1: already? Though. Well, well, Jesus had told him just one line. You will be my witness in Rome. Didn't mention, oh, but for the next two years, you're going to stay here, dude. So get comfortable. In fact, choose some curtains, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it it's suffer. That, it you It's that, you You will die for me. Yeah, he no, it doesn't say that. Yeah, these, the, minute, yeah. In, uh, that's, that's Jesus talking to other disciples. For when Jesus speaks to Paul directly in Acts 23, all you get is, brother, you've spoken about me in Jerusalem. You will do so again in Rome. That's it. And that's what he's got. So for two years, he's hanging out with that. You don't get a recording that there were other voices. Like for, for two years, just passed by now. There's no... Uh, and about halfway through, Paul got despondent, needed a vision, so we angel came and strengthened him. You don't get that. You don't get, uh, in these two years, Paul, you know, got stuck down and wrote six of his epistles. And uh, the following epistles were created in, in this place. We don't, we assume he wrote. <laughs> well, I
3: mean, we have this two-year period in Caesarea, and it's followed by... Well, the, the boat trip and the shipwreck, then another two year period in Rome under house arrest. And as far as I know, that most people attribute the four prison epistles to this time in Rome, but could they some of them be in? It's possible. Uh, there there yes. is in, some debate and speculation.
2: Rome is favored on the majority. There are some who, who think he wrote in Cesarea as well. Yeah. I think we can be absolutely sure that he wrote, it. whether came down to us as a scripture, not just a yeah. secondary issue.
1: Yeah, that's right. Because we know he wrote us other letters, right? But we just don't know. Yeah. yeah. So for two years, um, something happens. And we don't know what it is. There is a community in Caesarea. We know the, the names of some of them. They don't appear here. Most likely, they had access to Paul. You know, they would have maybe even started regular Bible studies. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Next time we're all visiting Caesarea and we're walking around the amphitheater, we think, "Hey, you know, for two years they probably went to that spot."
5: (laughs) Wasn't this the time when the Jews had turned to all the other gods and Jesus walked? Okay,
1: we're talking. Yeah, yeah, no, Jesus is in heaven by now. Yeah, yeah, no, this is uh, this is we're 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 in we're in a time of um, very devout worship of, of God. Idolatry is gone.
3: This is about 1857.
1: Yeah, yeah. Greed's the new problem. Yeah. And, and so... Is, so that's
3: very yeah. by,
5: which is no, no, more no that's, um, yeah, that's no, way no, up north. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah.
5: I might say that, uh, you know, the, um, the two leaders opposing Paul here, or the judge and Ananias are very evil people. According to everything we know, we know them to be very wicked people. But I think it's really interesting, too, that Ananias came to this, because this would be, as he was hated by the Jews. He, They are going to kill him about six years later. They oh, will, that's right. You know, so, and, but they hate him now. They've hated him for a long time. And um, just because someone's your leader in a country, I know a lot of countries where the people just hate the leader. And um, so this was true among the Jews as well. But he was the leader of the Jews. He was the top leader of the Jews. And for him to come to this would be like President Trump going to the Supreme Court for some case to sit there. I mean, this was a huge deal. He was the leader as much as he was hated. It
1: does show their passion to try and get rid of Paul. They really did view Paul as a threat, a very viable threat that they had to get rid of him. So they, they brought in all their big guns. They used a professional lawyer. The high priest showed up. Um, the, the, that was, that's some, some big stuff. And of course, Paul's not the only apostle, is, is he, in Jerusalem?
0: I think Paul has the expert. He's the expert in hearing the voice of God. Since the first time he heard Jesus from Damascus. And all the way, you know, even after so many things happening, you just, you just see such a person stand still, calm, you know, have such assurance of what he's going to do and to face. I see this picture so beautifully. I don't know if you see this. Well, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he is such a person. He had tremendous intimate relation with the Lord and he knew how Jesus yeah. can be inside him as he keep teaching No longer that I live mm-hmm. but Christ living in me yeah. so he is not taking Christ he's Christ in him expressing mm-hmm. him that was a really awesome and I see this and we will be shocked wow all the big big guys coming along
1: well we've had the, and, the big heavy hitters got Felix and Ananias yeah. but Paul's yeah. got some big heavy hitters on his team too and we don't get any voice from them. Who's living and ruling Jerusalem, in the church in Jerusalem?
3: James. James.
1: And so for two years, we don't get any... James probably visited, but our text is not interested in talking about that. Mm-hmm. Like we have to remember, this is sacred history, and it's got a particular point it's trying to make. And so it's not giving us every little detail <clears throat> of the early church, it's just not. So we would, I would assume, and I would assume with confidence, that Jerusalem helped out, okay? That Paul's family showed up, James showed up, the apostles showed up. There's a chunk of them in this city and uh, and, uh, and that they wouldn't have just said for two years, wow, I wonder how Paul's getting on. Um, well, we could just go down there and have a look. <laughs> there, was, uh, there were
2: internal conflicts Yes. There. Paul was not exactly a universally admired and accepted character. In Leading community in Jerusalem. We we have the testimony of the Book of Acts itself about how some of them acted and interacted with him and his gospel, and it wasn't very pretty. Including some who came from James, as we see in, in the letter to the Galatians. It was from Jerusalem that they came down to Antioch to tell them that they couldn't be saved unless they were circumcised.
1: Right. James denies that they're from him although Galatians says that they are. Well, there are others that came from
2: the yeah. James to teach the Jews yeah. only to separate at that table. That's right. It sounds innocuous, but was
1: also... Was a, a big deal. ...a big threat to the
0: Gospel. Yeah. To me, the outstanding resurrection unto Paul shone so obviously from the book of Acts all the way, and he knew how the power of resurrection in him. This is just awesome. You know, I was. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, he has. He has. He has two years to. Yeah, we don't know what um, is yeah. going through Paul's minds, but if, if he is writing, and we can read what some of his letters, we can have a little hint of the way he is thinking, and uh, and because he's hearing reports, obviously from those communities as well.
5: I would um, also say that um, you know he's human. He he's a man, just as we are, as James would say about some other great people. Yeah. Um, You know at Corinth he was afraid and uh, here it seemed like he needed comfort from the Lord as well and uh, he's going to tell Timothy when he just before he's about to lose his head probably just not long he says don't be timid but you know he I think all of us at times we might be a little bit timid you know and I think it's even maybe why he says uh, that uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because he knew the tendency
1: could be for us to be ashamed of yep. the gospel. Uh, awesome. Yeah, and in, even in my timidness, the gospel is power.
5: Amen.
1: And so I can be weak, but he will be strong, uh, which is a good thing. All right, so uh, Felix is, doesn't last much longer than this. He's going to get fired <laughs> and uh, for being bad. It's incredible how many of those um, governors get that way. Pontius Pilate was also removed. Because he was so bad that the Romans also fired him. Uh, next guy up is Festus, and uh, and we have to do this again. And so um, Paul will have another shot uh, standing before uh, a ruler.
3: The, the question that I find interesting is: At what point did Paul and his and his friends, no doubt Luke as well, decide actually, this is the plan. I'm going to appeal to Caesar. Yeah. And that'll kind of, as we say, kill two birds with one stone. That means. I'm going to get to Rome.
1: Because that's where God told me I was going to go, yeah.
3: And I'm going to get away from these people who want my blood. So being set free, in Caesarea wouldn't necessarily have helped him because he was benefiting from actually the protection of the Romans yes. when he was in prison. So maybe the, so I thinking about that, I reckon that they had come to this conclusion before the end of this two years. Yeah. But thinking maybe... His replacement will be the one to
1: appeal to. Because his, his, his early career, Paul's early career, is he spent, spent one and a half years in Antioch, right, learning with uh, Barnabas. And then the spirit says, start walking. So he goes on this nice little jaunt around. He does it twice. So he's been mobile. And then for two years, he hasn't. So I'm sure there was a bit of, how do I get out of here? This is the plan. Yeah. Yeah uh and and he he enacts it next next week all right so for those of us who will be here acts 25 read ahead have a little look and uh, um and we'll see what sort of details we can come up with but again acts 24 no mention of the spirit um again just for the holy spirit has has been very active in in up, up until the last couple of chapters. He begins to to disappear uh, from the text. So there's a there's a few more references to go, but but not much more. And um, and I can't tell you the reason why. Just that's just the way it is. Sacred history just stopped recording him doing stuff.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've been blessed by this teaching.